Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. I'm doing my second of three podcasts for the former incident response and security teams known as FIRST. And uh, I have on the line with the uh, Ukrainian team who were talking a bit about uh, cyber attacks. So tell us, a bit of, tell us who you are first of all, and just stops to the audience. Hello, my name is Yevgenia Vladimnik. I am a chief of CTR team. Yep. I'm uh, Viktor Zora. I'm deputy chairman of the state uh, service Special Communications and Information Protection of Ukraine and Search UA is one of the departments of our service. Jagan Brixen, Search UA, Deputy Chief. Okay, that's great. Now, right now, we're seeing what's going on in Ukraine, and right now, it's, it's, it, the cyber war is, is an important tool for the Russians, and recently I've learned, well, I've seen, I mean, they've, they've done a cyber attack in Lithuania as well. So it's not just Europe again, it's, it's all over. Part of Europe are getting, and then suddenly that could be the way to start a war. You do cyber first, then you move in. And what's your experience of what's happened at the moment with cyber war in Ukraine? Well, uh, we consider that the war started eight years ago. Yeah. Not on uh, the active uh, phase and the full scale invasion uh, started on 24th of February, but. Uh, uh, we believe that uh, the war started from annexation of Crimea and occupation of eastern part of Donbass uh, in 2014, and uh, that's uh, the exact year when cyber war started with the attack on uh, Central Election Commission during presidential election elections in Ukraine, and uh, later it was followed by a number of uh, huge uh, disruptive attacks like uh, um, black energy, like uh, attacks on Ukrainian treasury. Uh, Ministry of Finance, so Ukrainian Railway, uh, attacks on uh, power grid, uh, like in destroyer, and uh, it was followed by the most disruptive attack in history called NotPetya in 2017. Yeah. So uh, now uh, there was a rather calm period for four years, and uh, it was interrupted with an attack on the 14th of January. With the defacement of government websites and uh, uh, wiping and uh, destruction of IT infrastructures in a number of government agencies and enterprises. And it was later followed by a number of uh, DDoS attacks which preceded the uh, full scale invasion. Now, uh, these two components, I mean, conventional and cyber, uh, work in uh, parallel. So we have this. Uh, First time in history, hybrid war with conventional and uh, cyber components uh, running simultaneously. Because years ago, when we started start a war, the first thing was you have planes in bombing. And nowadays, the bombing has been replaced by cyber attacks, take down infrastructure, so the seizure to then invade. Absolutely, and we uh, noticed it with an uh, attack on Wiresat network. Uh, the objective was to disrupt communications of Ukrainian armed forces, but uh, it affected a lot of our customers in Europe, uh, including NATO countries. So that was a huge uh, attack on telecom uh, yeah. segment, and it preceded the uh, missile attacks on Ukrainian residential borders, hospitals, and schools. 
And I saw yesterday where they did that attack in a shop centre. And when you do things like that, that's been done after the military infrastructure around the area is stopped. They didn't go and do that. That to me, it's sad seeing that. But we're never in a year where all this has been has been seen on our TV and our mobile phones. Whereas 50 years ago, that wasn't the case. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there are different vectors uh, we consider as, uh, cyber operations as uh, supportive. But we saw uh, a lot of cases when uh, uh, cyber operations were supportive to. Uh, to kinetic operations uh, yeah. in, in some regions, and uh, the aggressive foc focuses on uh, disruption of telecom. So the telecom segment continues to be one of the important targets, uh, together with critical infrastructure and government agencies. So it's uh, it's uh, uh, absolutely uh, coordinated activity. Uh, uh, that means that so the uh, central decision is is the same uh, for kinetic operations and for cyber operations. Um, that that uh, reflects the nature of this hybrid war. Um, so when cyber operations uh, uh, used uh, to be a supportive tool, uh, conventional operations they used to be um, um, used to to, uh, to act as a supportive tool, uh, intelligence activity, and for so in case of stability or subversion, basically. Yeah, it's kind of scary when, when you see that happening. And the worst thing is, as technology gets more advanced, we're relying on it more so. And the more we're relying on it, the more chances are that can be disrupted. Yes, it's, it's always uh, a competition of technologies. And uh, by the way, during the first month of war, uh, we didn't uh, uh, register uh, very sophisticated attacks. That means that uh, all they can do very uh, advanced technological level that they did it in January and February, yeah. and uh, later it required time for them to organize a sophisticated attack. It always required people time and uh, other resources to, to be prepared, and uh, we uh, continue registering sophisticated attacks starting from the end of March and beginning of April. Uh, attacks on telecom sector companies like Cooper Telecom or government entities like Ministry of Foreign Affairs or Government Contact Center or energy sector like yeah. on, uh, power distribution companies with Industrial too. Well, we had one last year when uh, a Russian group from Prince of Petersburg took down our health service network. So they had all our data and, and uh, for about three or four months we couldn't do much because technology was required to do things. So you'd have a scenario where you couldn't get a scan done because information was stored on was stored somewhere you couldn't access that and then you had suddenly people were, were, were getting played with phone calls from scammers because they had all their data was stolen and it was, was never been used for that and when we're seeing this first time we saw that in Ireland that was during the pandemic I, I can imagine it's a lot worse during a war what you're going through oh uh, well uh, there are a lot of challenges starting yeah. from pandemic and uh, uh, Ukraine went through it and uh, switched to, to, to war to defending our land. And, uh, considering this, uh, it's a completely new landscape for work, uh, for uh, for day-to-day -day activities, I mean, of a 38 uh, team. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there are completely new challenges, uh, even in cyberspace for, for Ukraine. But, uh, thankfully, Ukraine is not long. Uh, we, we are supported by 
governments, by local IT providers, by volunteers all around the globe, and we feel this important. We uh, we appreciate it very much. And also, I guarantee that well, the companies are helping from around the world are using those, like, using what they're learning from what's happening in Ukraine to protect to protect future attacks happening as well. Well, this is a mutually beneficial activity. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ukraine w was able to to prepare for this cyber aggression because of uh, help from our partners, from European Union, from the United States, from other countries. Uh, we had a number of projects uh, that uh, helped us uh, build our capacities, uh, grow our workforce, um, establish coordination between cybersecurity agencies, and that happened because of this uh, support. And now we have this experience and knowledge how to combat cyber threats, how to uh, how to persist, uh, how to resist in the, this uh, cyber aggression, and uh, of course we are ready to share uh, this experience with our partners and to contribute to overall uh, global cyber security system. Because yeah, to me, it's kind of it's good that that you're able to do that, and people will help you. But 50, 60 years ago, that wouldn't be the case. But then again, there wouldn't have a cyber wars we do now. The technology isn't what it is now, but I'm glad that basically you're able to to tell people what's happening there and how it started and what's going on because otherwise you wouldn't know. And what would you talk about that you gave earlier? What was that about? Yeah, and that's the reason why we are here. Yeah, we appreciate this opportunity to share uh, what uh, we've been uh, gone through uh, with uh, our colleagues uh, from the first community and. Uh, it's important for us to to tell truth about the war and uh, its um, war crimes and cyber crimes uh, that are uh, organized by the aggressor. Yeah, and what was your talk about this morning that you gave? What did you talk about? What examples did you give of how bad it's got? Uh, we talk about uh, the scope of the cyber incidents the yeah. CTA analyzed in 2022 uh, a little bit about uh, our organization structure and uh, about the most most massive cyber attacks that was targeted Ukraine in this year beginning from the attacks or the which happens in uh, January 14. Yeah. Then the main trends, trends uh, of cyber attacks during the war, like DDoSes, like uh, attacks with usage of the Vipers, and about the activity of different threat uh, actors, what which we tracking. Yeah. And which one has been the worst or most prominent tax? Is it Viper, is it DOS, DDoS, or what is it? I think the worst uh, was uh, the attack on the 14th uh, January. Yeah. It includes Vipers and other destruction activity. And the second, it was attack in the night of the invasion of Russia, yeah. when they use Viper again, and with compression, 
with DDoS attacks on the financial structures, media, and government. Yeah. With regards to scale and importance and uh, global impact, uh, the attack on wire side is, uh, uh, can be considered uh, as one of the uh, most uh, important cases uh, from the beginning of war. Since it's affected uh, a lot of uh, other countries, uh, including NATO countries. Yeah. And uh, this provided uh, collateral damage and uh, it preceded the invasion. So it, 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 was, it was targeted uh, particularly on telecom infrastructure you know, to disrupt communication with Ukrainian armed forces. And has, has those attacks got stronger and stronger or have they stayed the same? Uh, no, uh, the main tactics, uh, for example, with uh, actors that used the wipers, uh, I think uh, they stay the same, but in common things like intrusion, uh, yeah. detail access, but they every time modify their uh, weapons, their malware, uh, so not the same at all time, but in, in some in some things, yeah, they have a same uh, same features. Yes. Uh, well, with the, the potential of uh, attackers uh, could be overestimated uh, to some extent, but uh, to our opinion, Russians continue to be very dangerous and. Uh, uh, we we we, uh, we are aware of financial risks, and we understand that they work continuously on improving their cyber weapon and on finding ways and vulnerabilities in Ukrainian infrastructure to attack and to bring uh, um, impact and uh, uh, disruption to to IT services and critical infrastructure in Ukraine. What to me, I'm thinking what they're doing right now is that they're doing a test run. If they can do this in Ukraine. We're seeing where can we do this elsewhere in the world? Because I guarantee they'll do this elsewhere as well. These cyber attacks. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's difficult to uh, to recognize, but uh, Ukraine uh, uh, was used as kind of test bed for, for cyber weapon, and later this cyber weapon was used in other countries, uh, targeting democracy selections, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, even critical infrastructures, that, as it happened, uh, the colonial pipeline, and many, many other cases. Uh, and uh, we understand that uh, uh, now, focusing on Ukraine, uh, the attackers can switch to any other country in case of need. And uh, the idea is not uh, targeting Ukraine as a sovereign state and its cyberspace. The idea is to attack the democratic world and to change the global order. And that means that uh, every, dem every democracy is uh, under threat. And um, perhaps, uh, no doubt, we should uh, unite uh, our efforts to stop this cyber aggression and to prepare for the future. Well, for me, six years ago with Brexit, there was a lot of Russian influence on that and hacking to make sure that that took that place. So that way they can get divided to Europe when you get divided in Europe, it's easier to do what they're doing in Ukraine because Europe won't stand together. Like the, what they did with the UK. Pull them out of Europe and that's it. That's the start. 
well, uh, Ukraine is ha happy because of a historic decision to, uh, to join as a candidate yeah. to, to the EU. And uh, it opens a new perspective uh, in the field of cybersecurity as well. We had a number of meetings in Brussels, and uh, we recently talked to the uh, European Cybersecurity Competence Center, and Ukraine was invited uh, to, to become a contributing participant to NATO CCDCOE in Tallinn. Yeah. And that means that uh, uh, this uh, candidate status uh, brings uh, uh, absolutely new opportunities for collaboration. And uh, cybersecurity is not about uh, people, technology, and processes, but uh, about collaboration as well. And it's this is crucial for uh, for global uh, ecosystem. Yeah. The speed of exchanging information of threats uh, uh, can help uh, any country to be uh, to be resilient to cyber threats. And I guess what can we take away from this? Like, what what things have, can we learn from this? Well. Uh, we should learn that uh, cybersecurity is important, obviously, yeah. uh, because the uh, the level of uh, presence of uh, information technology becomes higher from year to year, and it can affect uh, critical processes. Uh, this, uh, uh, this this means that uh, we should be secure, and we should be aware. Uh, we should. Uh, popularize cyber hygiene. Yeah. So every citizen should be aware and uh, took measures to, to be protected since the this, um, key decision point and the most vulnerable point. Uh, we, we need to grow our, our capacities to develop uh, uh, cybersecurity infrastructures yeah. and to consider them as a kind of uh, uh, defensive uh, uh, defensive means, and we need to improve uh, collaboration between uh, cybersecurity agencies within the country and outside. Yeah. So it's important to to create a community of states with uh, responsible behavior in cyberspace, uh, exchange information, and uh, help each other to to be resistant, to uh, to organize. Uh, and exercises to share knowledge and experience. Um, that's uh, uh, that's the scenario of uh, remaining resilient here with these uh, continuous uh, challenges. And I guess also basically what we learn from this is what we, what from now is what we should be looking out for in the future. So we can use this as a playbook so that when we look back in this war, we know what happens again, what to do, what not to do. Exactly. Since all playbooks uh, for the peacetime don't work in wartime. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, uh, with this tragic history, Ukraine has an opportunity to, uh, to write new uh, playbooks, uh, which are actual for, for this uh, hybrid war of the 21st century, yeah. uh, which is completely different to uh, all previous wars. And to me, when someone says wartime, right now, if we're in a state of peace and the cyber attack happens, that to me is wartime. And people are assuming wartime involves an invasion. It now involves cyber attacks. Uh, yes, and uh, 
we, we should uh, change this uh, uh, framework, uh, this legal framework, and so we, uh, there will be some changes in mindsets, uh, understanding that the uh, invasion in cyberspace uh, is in basically an invasion. Yeah. And uh, that's why of the reasons why NATO decided to include the cyberspace as a new demand for operations. And, uh, now, now we we have uh, war in five dimensions: uh, land, air, sea, uh, cyberspace, and even space. We yeah. consider the attack on Wiasat as operations which uh, relates to to space demand. Yeah. So again, guess right now we're going to make sure that the the next, if there is another war in the future, it's going to be start off as cyber rather than physical. Um, well, I don't think so, no. since uh, conventional operations to continue to be more de much more destructive than yeah. uh, cyber operations. And cyber operations will be used as supportive or intelligence operation or um, any, any, any other like information warfare, etc. But uh, the Conventional weapon would remain a serious threat, yeah. and I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying about nuclear weapon. So this uh, this uh, threat and uh, the ability to use this weapon uh, should be prevented, and uh, uh, this means that uh, the uh, humanity should find new approaches how to prevent such aggression in the future. But first of all, Ukraine should prevail, and uh, the aggressor should be stopped. And uh, this should be done jointly by different uh, instruments, including sanctions, both financial and technological. Yeah, I agree. And also, it should have, as it has a moment, the world uniting as, as one for Ukraine and not against Ukraine. Yeah, and we feel the support. We are grateful and we appreciate it very much. So, well, so this support is valuable and uh, supplying of heavy weapons for mid-range, long-range uh, artillery is crucial for, for our lives. Yeah. And for us, the good thing is right now with technology, you've got social media and we can see what's happening live on the ground. Whereas 50 years ago, when there was a, a war, like when Russia was invading Afghanistan, we didn't see what happened then. Whereas now we can see it on the ground, so we're seeing it live. So we know how bad it is. And it's not propaganda, it's fact. Absolutely. Uh, that was in Syria, but nevertheless, uh, they continue using these techniques, and uh, it seems that uh, new technologies uh, used on war, like drones, for example, yeah. and uh, electronic warfare uh, against drones or supporting the drones, this, uh, uh, these tools and these uh, weapons are of 21st century force, yeah. and this changes the landscape of war. So the situation on the battlefield uh, differs from what we could expect early. Like 30 years ago, if you wanted to send a missile or something else or a bomb, you'd be using a plane. Nowadays, it's using it's using a drone, and it, and there's no humans involved. So if a drone gets destroyed, human life is, is not lost. Exactly. Yeah, and that's scary. That's the, that how it is now that you can have somebody somebody in a, in a building controlling these war machines. And there's uh, space for interference yeah. to to operational drones. That that will mean that. Information warfare, cyber warfare, 
electronic warfare will remain crucial for uh, contemporary war. And to me, it's time to give people like whoever controls space controls the future as well at times because they can control the satellites and what information is shared around the world. If you get my meaning. Oh, sure. Yeah. And we see that communication, and we, we see that communication is a key to, yeah. to success. So when you have communication, you're able to, uh, to share information or, or to talk to your loved ones. Uh, this is so, so, so much important. And uh, Ukrainians were lucky to keep this communication alive, again with the help of, uh, of our partners. Uh, but uh, that was again due to heaviness of uh, Ukrainian um, telecom operators, simply uh, who restored connection, physically destroyed yeah. under shelling, and to 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 make people uh, staying online. Yeah, and get the news and uh, get uh, 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 get closer to their relatives. Yeah, and also right now you've got the ability now with technology. If you're over here in Ireland, you can contact your uh, friends and family via WhatsApp or FaceTime, whatever, and see them and see they're okay. Whereas 50 years ago you couldn't do that. So that that's great technology is is used for good. In that sense. And before we start, anything I just want to add to podcast or you think you've you've mentioned enough? Or is, is that it? You've had it? Oh, what else? Do we have anything to add? I think I was very informed. Well, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, the, the, the last, uh, the, the last uh, perhaps, uh, message uh, it's to support Ukraine in all means and uh, politically, economically, and uh, support us with weapon and support us with uh, um, cybersecurity activities. And uh, that is the basic reason we are here to establish cooperation, to improve it, and uh, to share knowledge and experience. And uh, uh, Ukraine is uh, ready to contribute in the global cybersecurity ecosystem. And uh, of course, uh, we we uh, to require some assistant in uh, uh, restoring of our capacities and yeah. developing. Yeah. And I'll say from our side, never give up. Europe is behind you, and as is most of the Western world, we're behind you all the way. And we know that you'll come out of this in a better place. Thank you so much. Thanks for that. Thank you, bye. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.